previously on Uncharted Territory. The Watcher turned to face Mimic and charged at it while Mimic was in the middle of lunging at it. Mimic, stop! But Mimic wasn't able to change direction in the middle of the lunge, nor was it able to stop one early. Mimic flew right into the boss's mouth. I was ready to shout more to tell Mimic that I was coming and going to get it out of there, but I stopped when I heard the boss making its damaged sound effect over and over and over again. Then I noticed the damage numbers popping up over its body. 123, 131, 126, 185. Jump, 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 lunge. The numbers lined up with Mimic's attacks. Three smaller attacks and then one bigger one. By trapping Mimic inside of its mouth, all the boss did was give Mimic a free ride and easy access to spam attack it, causing the boss to shake and wail out in greater pain than before. Distracted by the relentless attacks from inside its own body, the boss thrashed around within the forest, barging into more of the flaming trees to set itself on fire while spinning around to try and shake Mimic out from its body. I wasn't sure if Mimic was safe inside of the boss like that, but I did know that the quickest way to make sure Mimic was safe was to kill the boss as fast as I could. So I kept on shooting arrows into the oversized eyeball while Mimic ruined its day from the inside. The damage Mimic was dealing was insane, but it didn't last. The boss flew up above the trees once more and opened its mouth wide open while facing downward before shaking Mimic loose, causing my companion to drop to the ground like a sack of rocks. Mimic, you alright? I shouted out, wanting some confirmation that it was alright, even if I was sure Mimic was fine. Mimic turned its body and waved its tongue at me, so I took that as good enough confirmation. More importantly, a series of wails erupted out from the boss's mouth. And that was when I remembered that the enhanced difficulty mod gave every single boss an enraged mode that they only went into once they were under 20% health. We were almost there. There was just a little bit more to go. I didn't even get hit once, but I couldn't remember what the boss's enrage phase was like since I only dealt with it a couple of times before, and was pretty sure that I only defeated it through luck because of how much of a bullet hell it turned the boss into. And when the boss disappeared from above the trees, only to teleport behind me with a wail and a swarm of pulsating smaller eyes shooting at me, I decided it was time to start running again. This is episode 12, A Mysterious Emergence. The boss fight's climax. All I could think of doing was running away at that point and desperately taking any pot shots I could to try and get in what little damage was possible. As long as we kept dealing damage, the boss was going to eventually die. 
The problem was just how hard it was to accurately fire at the boss with how fast and erratic its movements became. Mimic wasn't able to keep up either, as the boss became fast enough that not even Mimic's lunging attack was able to reach it in time. Things only got worse from there. I recognized the boss's pattern, but I wasn't sure how I was supposed to deal with it other than randomly run away and hope that I didn't get hit by it. The Watcher would teleport to a new location high above, charge down, then charge up and down in a sort of zigzag while moving in one horizontal direction. A trail of glowing eyes were left in the path of its charge, and those glowing eyes would fly at a fast speed in a straight line a few seconds after getting spawned. What was worse, though, was that each time the boss reached the bottom or top of its zigzagging movements, it spawned a dozen of the glowing eyes that locked onto wherever I was and shot toward me. That meant I needed to not only dodge the boss's charges, but I had to avoid the eyes coming from a bunch of different directions, some of which homed in on me. I was already utterly exhausted at that point, and I could barely find any opportunities to attack the boss. Then, once the boss's zigzag pattern was done, it flew up into the air, spun around while spawning even more of those homing eyes, and teleported to begin the process over again. There was another problem. I had no idea why the smaller eyes were glowing all of a sudden. But I found out when I failed to jump out of the way from one, letting one fly right into me, hitting my right shoulder. The eye didn't hurt me by coming into contact with me. But then it exploded. In an instant, two of the hearts on my health bar emptied out, which meant around forty damage was done. It would only take two more hits like that to kill me, unless I survived long enough for my health to regenerate, and I didn't know if the battle would last that much longer. I needed to kill the boss before that much time passed. But I wasn't sure how that was going to happen. I looked at my shoulder and saw most of the skin either burned away or charred from the blast, and there was an alarming amount of blood coming from the wound. Even worse, I could barely move that arm anymore, which was pretty bad considering that a bow was a two-handed weapon, and I needed both of my arms to fire it. Moving it caused excruciating pain, and... it just wasn't going to happen. I couldn't lift that arm anywhere near enough to properly use a bow. That meant I would have to rely on my flamethrower, using my non-dominant hand, with its short range against an extremely fast boss that I had to concentrate on dodging more than anything else. I was only going to have a short window of opportunity to actually shoot the flamethrower at it. However, letting the boss get that close to me meant also letting all of its exploding eyes get close to me. And if they worked like they did in the game, these new glowing eyes counted as projectiles rather than spawned enemies, so I wouldn't be able to just light them on fire to interrupt them. I realized I was panicking, and it was that panicking which let another one of those eyes fly into me. This time it hit me in my right thigh, once again managing to hit one of the spots where my armor didn't actually cover me up, which allowed it to blast away the section of pants I had in the way and destroy the skin underneath. I could still walk, but I wasn't going to be doing any running, 
and trying to jump out of the way would leave me too vulnerable if I fell and had to get back up. Then, when I looked over at Mimic, I saw that it was taking some heavy damage as well. Mimic's movements were getting sluggish, and the surface of its body was covered in what looked like explosion impacts. As powerful as Mimic was, it wasn't going to last much longer at the current rate either. I needed to end the battle. I didn't want Mimic to suffer any longer. I didn't want Guide to be in danger. And I really didn't want to die. So I took a deep breath and forced myself to calm down to the best of my ability. Getting all worked up wasn't going to accomplish anything. I needed to be calm and collect my thoughts. Panicking wasn't an option. As real as everything was, the boss still relied on a consistent pattern of attacks like a programmed enemy instead of a realistic and adapting enemy. Thanks to the modded difficulty enhancer, the boss was far more of a bullet hell than it was in the vanilla game. But it being a bullet hell meant that not panicking was all the more important. Not only that, but that frantically running away and dodging attacks was the worst thing to be doing. Bullet hells, the good ones at least, were very methodical. They consisted of patterns to be memorized and exploited. No matter how many projectiles were sent, and no matter how fast the bosses might have moved, there was always a clear pattern for the player to work with. More often than not, barely moving at all was the key to victory in such battles. With a swarm of homing eyes flying toward me, I took a deep breath waited for them to get as close as possible, and then took a single step to the left. The swarm flew right past me and exploded out of distance behind me a few seconds later. The boss then teleported to begin the pattern again, flying straight at me. Or so it looked. Given just how large the boss was, it was hard to feel like it wasn't coming directly at me. But it wasn't. If I paid attention to its actual trajectory, it was charging toward the ground behind me instead. The boss's intent was to make the player panic and run into all of the eye projectiles it was spawning. All I had to do was step forward a little bit to make sure that the boss didn't clip me at all, and I was fine. Then, to deal with the eyes it spawned during its charge. I stepped to the side again so that they could fly in their straight path without hitting me. Sorry for taking so long to realize that all you wanted was a dance, I said to the boss, holding my flamethrower in my left hand to wait for it to get close again. That was how bullet hell battles worked. They were dances. My brain kept on fighting against me, trying to make me consider all the realism of the world but this wasn't one of the times for that. Our battle was unrealistic and exactly like it would be in a game. Realistically, the boss could kill me at any time by just charging directly at me over and over until it got me. But that wasn't what it was doing. Instead, it was fighting in an unrealistic, game-like way with a clear, repetitive pattern. This was no time to care about how real the world was. In this moment, it was just a video game boss battle. And those were what I was best at.
A single, timed step was all it took to dodge every attack the boss threw at me. Each time it charged toward me, I readied my flamethrower and started shooting in the spot I was going to pass through, so that it would fly straight through my stream of flames. Waiting until it was close enough wouldn't work, due to the time it took the flames to actually spread out and reach it. But putting the flames in its path beforehand worked just fine. The Watcher's wails of agony grew more and more frequent the lower its health dropped, its health slowly burning away thanks to my flamethrower's flames, while Mimic tried its best to lunge at the boss, but just wasn't able to keep up with the speed. As for me, I came dangerously close to getting hit a few more times, but nothing actually hit me, or, to use the bullet hell terminology, I was grazing all the attacks. They came extremely close, but I didn't let a single one of those attacks hit me again. All I had to do was dance with the boss. And eventually, the boss teleported into the sky again. Presumably to spin and spawn more eyes before charging again. Only to drop straight down to the ground instead. I blinked and watched for a few moments, checking around me to make sure nothing suspicious was going on, while waiting to see what the boss was going to do. It did nothing. All the boss did was lie there, its mouth slowly opening and closing as if it was struggling to breathe. Even Mimic, for some reason, stopped attacking. I would have assumed that Mimic would lunge at it to finish it off. But no. Mimic just hopped over to me instead and started licking at my wounds instead. It tried to, at least. Save that for later, I said. No offense, but I'm not sure letting something that eats zombies lick my open wounds would be a good idea. Mimic looked disappointed again and retracted its tongue into its body. But good job, Mimic. It looks like we've won. And that might not have been possible without you, so... Good job. That perked Mimic right back up, causing it to hop in place a little. Now then, in the game, when a boss was defeated, it would just explode into chunks of gore like any normal enemy. I never saw a boss actually fall to the ground defeated, but still alive before. With my flamethrower pointed at the boss still my finger on the trigger ready to fire at the first sign of danger, I limped up to the boss and got right in front of it. Yet, despite me standing right in front of its mouth, it didn't do anything. The most it did was look at me with its main pupil. All the smaller pupils that appeared across its body before were already burned away or cut by arrows. Looking into the one pupil remaining on the giant eye, I saw... pain. It was impossible to interpret the look in its pupil as anything else. Despite being a boss that was just trying to kill me and Mimic, I saw no hatred nor desire to kill within its pupil. I only saw pain. Hey... Can you understand me? I asked. The other monsters I killed just seemed like soulless things, but not this one. 
and if Mimic could understand me, maybe this boss could too. Even so, I didn't expect to get an answer. But I got one. The Watcher moved its pupil up and down, which was probably its equivalent of nodding its head. I honestly wasn't expecting it to be able to understand me. If that was the case, then it was alive, right? Why did you try killing us? I asked. There was no response. Do you even want to fight? That one worked, and the boss moved its pupil from side to side. It didn't want to fight. Then why? I asked again. Still, no response. I felt like I was having my emotions played with. Something tried its best to kill me and almost succeeded in doing so. And then it got revealed that it didn't even want to fight and was just as alive as me that entire time? What kind of shitty attempt at screwing with my emotions was that? No. Maybe it was trying to manipulate me. What if it was trying to buy time to recover and kill me? It wasn't possible to deceive myself into thinking that. The feeling in my gut told me that wasn't the case. I put away my flamethrower and took out my copper short sword instead. I wasn't sure how good my wooden one would be for what I was about to do, so copper it was. I don't want to kill something that didn't want to actually fight me, but with just how severely injured the boss was, it looked like it was in its final moments anyways. Not to mention that the inside of its mouth was turned into a gory mess thanks to Mimic. Most of the surface of its body was charred and covered in burn wounds. It was sliced open and dented all over. I didn't want to let it suffer. And once I pointed my sword at the boss, its pupil looked at the sword, up at me, and then nodded again. It wanted me to end its suffering as well. I'm sorry, I said which was something I didn't expect to ever say to a boss before. But there I was. I thrust my sword at the eye, stabbing it as deep into its sclera as it would go. It was only then that the boss's usual death animation occurred, basically exploding with chunks of its body flying everywhere as all of its loot, my rewards for killing it, dropped into a pile on the ground at the center of where its body just was. I won, but the victory only felt Pyrrhic at that point. Interesting, an unfamiliar voice said from behind me, causing me to spin around as quickly as I could in my current state to get a look at who it belonged to. Somebody new and unrecognizable was standing there dressed in a white, hooded robe that completely covered their body with a matching white mask that hid their face. Who are you? I asked. The masked figure turned their head toward me and answered, The humans of this era have given me the name of Entity Seventeen. They weren't from the game, 
nor any of its mods. I knew that much. They also had a sort of presence about them. It was a feeling that made me think they knew at least something about what was going on here. Do you know what's going on? Do you know why I'm here? Yes. Yes to what? Yes. Can you at least tell me what this world is? Is there anybody else? There are others, but most have already failed. Hearing that there were others, presumably other people like me, was reassuring, but... What about the ones who failed? What happened to them? They failed. But what happens if we fail? Then humanity will have failed once more. What's that supposed to mean? You're not answering any- Kingmaker. That is the name the humans of Eld gave me. This knowledge will serve as your reward for making it this far. Can you at least- Entity 17, no, Kingmaker, disappeared leaving me frustrated from just how one-sided that conversation felt, if it even deserved to be called a conversation. I was left with even more questions than I already had, but at least it sounded like there was somebody or some group who understood what was happening. I wasn't sure whether that was more of a positive or a negative, but it was something. I also learned that there were others like me who were, I assumed, human and in a similar situation to me. It also sounded like some of them might have already died. For the time being, I slowly lowered myself to the ground, got on my back, and stared up at the night sky. I tried to, anyways. There was too much smoke from all the fire to actually see the sky thanks to all the trees I set on fire. I might have been confused about what was going on and feeling guilty over killing something that didn't truly want to fight in the first place, but at least I survived. And now, I could return to guide. Thanks for joining us on this wild ride. Get ready for next Friday, when Player makes a triumphant return to guide and claim the ultimate reward. You don't want to miss this. Thank you for joining us on another thrilling adventure of Uncharted Territory. The excitement, danger, and magic of Uncharted Territory continues to unfold, and we can't wait to share what's in store for our next episode. So, mark your calendars, because next Friday, we'll dive back into the game world for more action, mystery, and unexpected twists. Before we part ways, remember that your feedback and support keep this journey alive. If you have any questions, comments, or fan theories, Tweet at us at utpod-we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep exploring.